Welcome to the uh, Gary Wilkes Podcast. Glad we're here together with a good friend and a true man who's making an impact in the world, Nate Larkin. Uh, Nate is the director of uh, Samson Society and author of this book called Samson and the Pirate Monks. And uh, if you've not read this book, you have to get it. I uh, encourage you to get several books that uh, I've been reading, but this one is is a, is, a, is a must, and you'll find out why that is as we uh, welcome Nate. Nick, thanks for coming back on our show again. Oh, well, thanks for having me back. It's yeah, such a joy. It is, man. It's good. It's good to. It is a joy to be together. Um, last time you were on, you shared your testimony. We'll briefly uh-huh. touch on that again, um, just for those that didn't see that. If you didn't see it, I want to recommend they go back and watch that. Um, Mm-hmm. The show of uh, uh, it talked about uh, pastors and struggle with pornography and yeah, and, um, but um, yes, and that was our. Uh, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on any of our shows before, but that was our highest viewed uh, program we've ever done. Uh, I mean, off the charts higher. Wow! Uh, and so that, I thought that kind of speaks to this issue of of uh, men or men and women and yeah. the struggle with. Addictions and particularly the sexual addiction, pornography. Um, so, uh, do you mind just taking the the short version? Yeah, the, the short the, version the, of the my two, short version of my story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, just the the, the church kid, yeah. the pastor's son. Something you and I, you know, yeah. have in common. Uh, discovering pornography first in softcore uh, form. You know, when I was a an adolescent, you know, saw my first Playboy magazine, felt that illicit thrill, followed by the avalanche of shame, mm-hmm. the uh, private determination not to look at it again, yeah. uh, wow. <laughs> followed quite quickly by a second look, right? Yeah. Uh, a real common struggle, I think, for yeah. adolescent boys and increasingly adolescent girls, as yeah. the pornographers have have. Uh, targeted our daughters and sisters and mm. wives. Yeah, uh, but it took a much darker turn for me when I uh, was exposed after I after I'd gotten married, uh, after I saw hardcore pornography for the first time, and no longer was it still images. Now it was well peep shows back then, but mm. the power of the moving image stimulates yeah. a part of the brain that just cannot distinguish between real experience and uh, uh, virtual experience. Um, <clears throat> and it so happened, I think maybe we'll talk about this later, I don't know, but I, I think I was vulnerable mm. uh, to just the hook of porn addiction uh, through, you know, for, uh, partly through personality, partly through family and church upbringing, certainly through trauma. Uh, The more we learn about addiction, the more we learn as we trace it back that it begins with trauma of some point, Mm. of some either abuse or neglect. And that was part of my story. Uh, But by the time I saw hardcore porn, I was in seminary. I was in a prestigious seminary on my mm-hmm. way to ministry, determined uh, to excel in the field. You know, I had a lot of ambition. Yeah. And uh, I knew that discovery, if I would, uh, to, to be discovered was to die. Mm-hmm. I had to hide it. And, uh, and I hid it very well, hid it very effectively. Never, you know, I, I never became callous toward that sin. Um, 
it it I, I I struggled. I had terrible struggles of conscience, and fought privately to overcome it, and tried all kinds of programs, spiritual and otherwise, yeah. uh, to stop. But they were all solo efforts, and cried out to God a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I was quite concerned. I, I, I really actually believed that God, while he did love me, um, was also, uh, to borrow a phrase from John Lynch, mildly disgusted with me, mm. right? Mm -hmm. um, I was a great disappointment to God mm. in, the, in the same way that I felt I was a disappointment to my earthly father. I'm not sure how much that all got mixed up. Yeah. But porn was a gateway drug for me, so softcore porn led to hardcore porn, and hardcore porn led later on when I was a pastor to cross the, I crossed the flesh line and uh, innocently the first time, mm. and then after that quite deliberately began to pick up prostitutes. Wow. Um, uh, that was horrible, horrible living with that hypocrisy uh, and begging God for forgiveness, uh, uh, and begging for uh, relief and release, yeah. you know, that didn't come. Yeah. So I abandoned the ministry in the fear of being discovered. I only lasted five years as a pastor. Went into business uh, where, as I say, I had the great misfortune to succeed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so now I had money uh, and mm. could, uh, didn't have to pick up women off the street anymore. I could be mm. a little more careful, a little more discriminating. Mm. Uh, but it was all, uh, the, I kept it hidden and told myself that really I wasn't hurting anybody. Mm. And because I didn't want to get emotionally involved with another woman, I love my wife. She's always been my best friend since you know the day I met her. Um, I told myself really that I wasn't, I wasn't being unfaithful. I was taking care of a physical need mm. and relieving her of the, that responsibility. Wow. Uh, it was kind of like getting a haircut, except I needed <laughs> oh an awful lot of haircuts. Yikes. Right? Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I rationalized, um, not, you know, not never completely successfully. I couldn't get away from the guilt, but I... And here's the thing, I found myself just gradually going numb spiritually. I was unaware at the price my wife, my family was paying for my emotional mm. absence. Yeah. Um, unaware uh, uh, of the degree to which my own self-hatred, my growing self-hatred was now, you know, leaking out into those around me. Uh, hmm. I was becoming thin-skinned and critical and distant. And other people were paying a price, but I, I wasn't aware of that. Anyway, wow. I'm just so grateful that eventually my wife discovered me. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's a wild statement. I'm grateful she discovered me. I am. It's, yeah. And I'm grateful that she, first of all, I'm grateful that she didn't leave. Yeah. So grateful that she didn't leave. I'm also grateful that she didn't give me a pass and she didn't ignore it. Yeah, so she, she had the right tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't take responsibility for my recovery, but she made it clear 
that if our marriage was, she, she didn't just up and leave, uh, but she didn't make a promise that she would always stay either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if uh, we're going to salvage that relationship, um, something was going to have to change. And uh, so I'm grateful that I finally was pushed out of my private search for a private solution to my private problem mm. and went for help. And, uh, you know, God provided. So mm. got sexually sober in 12-step recovery. And then really in a desire, first of all, to be able to integrate my faith very explicitly with recovery. Uh, you know, by the time I got into recovery, I was spiritually uh, almost comatose. I was still going through the motions. I was still going to church, still st- saying the words, but there was kind of this growing conviction that either God doesn't care or he doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and recovery brought me to life again, spiritually. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to integrate my Christian faith. The Bible became a different book. And I also came to recognize that uh, my addiction to pornography and illicit sex was uh, not all that different from other addictions that other guys were fighting. Okay. Um, I really do believe that all of us who can be described as addicts kind of share an inner architecture. Hmm. And as I became more open with my story, I found that... um, I was able to be of some help to people whose addiction was different than mine. And I could get help, for example, from going to an AA meeting uh, and just sitting there and listening to drunks talk sense to each other. Right. Right. Um, So we wanted to start a Christian group that uh, where we would not segregate by sin, that no matter what drove a guy to the, to the, to the room, he could bring his real self. He could say the real truth. And mm-hmm. so in mm-hmm. 2004, we started the Samson Society, and mm. that's the story. Yeah, yeah. And um, you were kind enough to go in a lengthier yeah. description of that last time we met. So again, I hope people go back and check that out and then come back to this too, to because we're going to go a little deeper here today. Yeah. And um, man, from what you just said there, my brain is bursting in like 10 different directions. <laughs> I'm trying to be a good interviewer and figure out which, which is the best route to take but i'm just going to go where my mind goes with this okay Okay. um so you and i both came from sort of a pentecostal maybe our grandparents generation more so even yeah uh, legalistic a little bit uh law law based do this performance oriented yes and then we you and i i think both became very uh grace centered grace conscious grace aware and the necessity of grace totally appreciate that so thrilled we've discovered Mm -hmm. that right uh, earlier today, just in the conversation, we were talking about you know scripture. I was looking at this week, uh, the, the, you know the goodness and severity of God. Yeah. As you were saying, you know you, you were going through that, so you quit the, you, you abandoned the ministry. You were spending, you were in business, being yeah. very successful, but your Christian faith was diminishing. It was yeah. the severity part of God. There, I just want to touch on that for a few minutes, if we could. Um, yeah. I know we grace is yeah, where yeah. we want to center, but. It's the severity for a minute. Is it possible that, like I was looking at Romans 1 and 2, you know, and it talks uh, about sexual sin. Yeah. And then then, then you're sort of like given over to it. And yeah. And then 
it's kind of three different times God says, you know, I, I gave you over to. Yes. Uh, the first time is sexual sin. The second time, it's a, a different type. It's more of the homosexual. Yeah, man yeah, with yeah. Men, women with women. Right. Third time, it's a depraved mind. Right, yeah. Th- that, that, that thing you were talking about, the, the callousness. Yeah. Is that part of that or no? Is that just more of an internal a sense of what you were going through? Or do you think you were actually getting to a place where God was saying, Nate, if you keep going this route, you know, you, you could end up a seared conscious. You could end up. Yeah. Yeah. I do think, I do think that I could have ended up in, uh, in despair. I was, I was drifting dangerously toward the rocks of despair when, you know, just, you know, throw it all to the wind and nothing matters anymore. Uh, and you know, one of my great joys these days is uh, I do a newcomer meeting once a week, an online newcomer meeting. Nice. We have a new, we have one every day, uh, but I do the Saturday one. Okay. And uh, so every week I get to talk with guys who have been fi- guys who've been fighting this addiction usually for years. Yeah. And uh, and what I hear, what I see in their eyes, and what I hear in their voices over and over again is is a lot of despair and then this desperate desire can you give me hope is there some hope um Mm. and for some guys this is kind of like the last chance if god doesn't meet me here then i'm done yeah i do think that uh and I think sexual sin has a unique ability to carry us toward despair. Mm. And that um, that that Romans trajectory, yeah. is that accurate in modern times in the sense of yeah. you kind of start off with, you called soft porn, yeah, yeah. Uh, sexual sin, um, yeah. <clears throat> moving into things that are, uh, you know, maybe some people might call more intense or yeah, more. Yeah. Uh, is that a normal trajectory? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's also instructive to, to back up a little bit in, uh, there in Romans 1 to see where that starts. Because he says, because they did not honor God as God and mm. were not thankful or grateful, mm. Mm. God gave them over. Yeah, um, That was very, very instructive to me. Uh, I remember, early, I don't know if I've told this story, but early on in recovery, I remember one time the cravings, I was, the cravings were just intense. And I was in Nashville. I was a good 30 miles from home. And there were massage parlors and adult bookstores between me and home. Mm. And I just knew that my car was going to end up there. Yeah. Uh, And I I called my sponsor and I said, uh, you know, I... I don't know how I'm going to get home. I don't know what to do. I, it's, uh, I'm going to go do it. And um, he asked me whether I had a notebook. Mm. And I had one. <laughs> and he said, uh, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to open up that notebook and I want you to fill a page, uh, write small, fill a page with things you are thankful for, mm. and then call me back. <laughs> so I sat down. And, and I said, you know, he says, you've got a lot of things to be thankful for. Yeah, yeah, life is very hard right now, right? You're, you're, you know, your business isn't doing well. You're running out of money. Your wife's angry with you. You're recovery. You're trying to deal with the fact that you're an addict. But there's a lot of good things in your life. God's blessed you in a lot of ways. So write those and then call me back. So 
I was able to fill a page with things I was grateful for. Mm -hmm. I called him back. He said, how do you feel? I said, it's the strangest thing. I'm fine. <laughs> I, I, you hadn't mentioned that but to me before. Because I lust yeah. says, I need something. Mm -hmm. I've got to have something. Yeah. Gratitude says, I have all I need. Mm. And so this um, one, uh, to me, a key spiritual principle is the principle of gratitude. Yeah. And uh, when we, when when I drift from gratitude and I get into the gimmies and the wants, now I'm opening myself up to lust in all its forms, sexual and otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because it uh, shed some light on. Uh, you know, heading things off at the pass, you know, get, get, yeah. getting rid of it before it gets too, de too much in depth. And so yeah. you're talking about, you know, <clears throat> being thankful yeah. is a precursor to actually ever God saying to you, you know, I'm going to give you over to that. So right. Yeah. That's, that says a lot. And yeah. that's a, and I don't think I've ever heard that linked before, uh, kind of recovery yeah. with, you know, I've heard gratitude, you know, be grateful for, yeah, yeah. I know in like AA or any, they say, you know, yeah, you, yeah. The, the three G's, what, you know, what you're grateful for, what, uh, what you're good at. Yeah, and yeah. I, I can't remember the third G, whatever it is. Uh, but uh, I never heard Thanksgiving put in the context of helping you recover from yeah, lust. That yeah. long descent into depravity begins. First of all, when yeah. we don't honor God as God. Yeah. And, and that means, <laughs> and I, I, I'm glad that you are, you know, continuing to expand your own understanding of who God is, right? God in all of his yeah. righteousness, right. his kindness. Yeah. His, so because they did not honor God as God, tried to take his place, and then they were not thankful, yeah. then began the long slide. Yeah. 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 And and for you then and others that you're ministering to, this this if the, if you don't get out of that slide. Yeah. And it, and it, the um you know, it, this this depraved mind in society today—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's really like the confusion today. Yeah. And I guess you're dealing with a lot of that. It's like, you know, like men don't know they're men anymore. They're not sure if they're a man or a woman. Right. Or a woman. Yeah. Uh, you know, it seems like our whole cultural shift is 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 moving in a in a direction that's probably somewhat confusing in some degrees. I imagine. For yes. As, as you're ministering to a lot of these people, are you seeing differences even in the last yeah. 10 years oh, or so? Oh, it's unbelievable. What I am noticing is, first of all, the newcomers are skewing younger every year. Okay. Uh, I used to think that you had to be 40 um, to hit the wall yeah. and want recovery. Mm. Um, now we've got guys in their in their 20s, desperate, who are, are so, so tied up and so imprisoned and so terrified that yeah. they're not ever going to be able to have a healthy, not going to be able to attract a healthy mate, have mm. a healthy relationship, enjoy healthy sexuality. Um, now that pornography is on the internet, the internet is accessible to anyone. Yeah. The cultural consequences are, in my mind, absolutely catastrophic. Mm. So children are being exposed to depravity in and it just at the long before their brains are fully formed, when they're trying to come to terms with their own identity and their own sexual identity. So there's a ton of gender confusion that's born out of pornography. Yeah. Um, the way women are coached, you know, porn use among women is climbing at a staggering rate. Quite soon, porn use among men and women is going to be equal. Mm. I'm convinced. Mm. 
Uh, but women are being groomed by the porn industry yeah. uh, to devalue themselves. Um, and it also throws into question their relationship toward men. And it's just, yeah. Wow. And then, you know, obviously your story is one that no matter how far down you go on this yeah. path that seems to be, the, yeah. we're using Romans a lot here today, uh, you know, that, that could, could lead off the cliff. Yeah. There's, there's always that God story of rescuing no matter how far into yeah. some things you get. And, and I was, I was, lately I've been, you know, I don't know, I get disturbed over where America's headed. So the, this, um, I think I picked it up a little bit from my father, this, the prophetic edge of, mm -hmm. you know, is, is it, can God, you know, can he justify not bringing judgment on America the way yeah. we're going? And so, so I've kind of been not glasses half empty kind of guy lately, but more so very sober about the culture around us and the trajectory of our nation and backsliding. And, yeah. and um, you know, but one of those great things, like in your story is part of this, I mean, it's a long way around this. Mm -hmm. It was... Okay, so so Jesus is crying out to Jerusalem. I, I would have gathered you, uh, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't come. Yeah. And so then he then he all, then he goes into the judgments of of uh, yeah. Matthew twenty eight and these you know wars and famines and earthquakes and all these yeah. and then you know, desolation and abomination. These things are going to come upon you and and it came about. You know, AD seventy Jerusalem yeah. is totally destroyed. Uh, you know, and there's 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 these judgments of God. And I was kind of mulling over these things, and I just felt like this this thought crossed in my mind. It's like, where, where was Pentecost? And I thought, well, it was Jerusalem. It's like, when was that? Like, well, you know, you know, quite a few days after Jesus had pronounced his judgments on. Yeah. You know, I just thought, there's a grace. You know, it's like even a city that had been pronounced doom and gloom and judgment, God yeah. chooses that city to pour out a spirit on. Yeah. And you, you know, you you could have been, you could have been under the wrath of God because of your yes. your. your Choosing to sin, but yet God has this great mercy and grace on you, so that you can demonstrate His grace to other other people. I think there's a question buried in there somewhere. Can you yeah, find it? Well, or? I do think. Well, I do think that even God's judgment is gracious. There you go. Yeah. And I think God loves us too much um, to allow us to go forever off. You know. Yeah. Um, you know. I agree. It, it, we talk uh, a lot. It's common language in recovery of all time. You talk about hitting a wall, right? Or D-Day. Mm. It's a, mm. the guys in Samson will talk about D-Day. My D-Day was, and they'll give you a date, nice. right? Wow. Yeah. And it's the day where they had this hard confrontation with reality. It yeah. might have been the day they got served divorce papers. might have been the mm. day they got arrested. might have been the day they lost their job. It was a day when judgment uh, intersected with their behavior mm. and what was hidden became exposed and they were facing consequences. Yeah. It seemed harsh at the time. And yet, uh, almost to a man, uh, uh, you know, our guys will also descri describe this great sense of relief that finally I'm not getting away with it anymore. Mm. Finally, there's some judgment. Finally, and, and now I have the chance to turn it around. Yeah, uh, I don't know, don't know what the ultimate consequences are going to be. Am I going to go to jail? Maybe. Mm. Yeah. Am I going to be divorced? Maybe. It depends on the circumstance. Um, it is amazing to me how many uh, marriages survive. It's good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and not just survive, but thrive. Where guys say, you know, <laughs> you know, what the enemy intended for evil, God intended for good. And we are much closer. Our, you know, our relationship is far richer now than it ever was before um, I was exposed for what I was doing. Mm. But judgment, harsh as it was, has turned out to be a grace. Now, yeah. guys have paid, you know, big price. I, I, I feel so fortunate that, um, you know, I didn't lose a job. And I didn't lose a wife. Yeah. And uh, I didn't face legal consequences. I didn't go to jail. Mm. Um, there were times, you know, out of during my years of blind acting out, um, I think it would be irresponsible and insane for me to imagine that uh, every female I was uh, sexually intimate with was over 18. Mm especially in the early days. Um, and yet I was never arrested. Um, but I'm grateful. So I'm grateful that, <laughs> that the, the harsher consequences didn't hit me. Yeah. But I'm also gra grateful mm -hmm. the judgment came. Mm. Yeah. God knows the extent of the mercy required to draw us yeah. uh, to yeah. him. Because since he's after whatever it takes, the, the goodness or severity of God, and they're all one thing. They're yeah. you know, wrapped up in the same blanket of His love yeah. for us, and so that's that's it's working in you. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in World Challenge's mission. Thank you for listening and supporting.